0: There's a famous story with the third Rebbe of Lubavitch, the Tzemach Tzedek. The Tzemach Tzedek had many children. He had sons, daughters, and then he had grandchildren. So one time, it's, they say that the Tzemach Tzedek was holding on his laps one of his einiklach, one of his grandchildren. And the Tzemach Tzedek asked him, tell me, which grandfather do you like better? Which Zaydi do you like better? Me or the other Zaydi? Grandfather and the the, the other grandfather. So the child said, of course the other grandfather. So Tzermach Tzedek asked, why? So he said, because the other grandfather, he knows everything. And you don't know anything. So Tzermach Tzedek asked him, what makes you say that? Why do you think I don't know anything? So the child answered, because you sit and learn all day. Because you don't know anything. My other grandfather, he, he hardly learns because he knows everything. This is what the child got. This is a typical example of when we take things face value without looking inside what's happening. As a matter of fact, that Samach told him, you know what, test me. Take any of the svarim, take any of the books out of the bookshelf and test me. And he actually went and he took out a Sefer, I think it was of Dikduk, of Jewish grammar. And the Samach told him by heart everything that it said in there. So obviously his uh, view of his grandfather changed. So we see that when we go a little more into the subject, then the story changes a little bit. The same thing is when it comes to Mashiach. Mashiach is a subject, it's one of the most fascinating subjects in Yiddishkeit, in Judaism. Unfortunately, throughout history, this subject was not learned. People were always hoping for Mashiach, looking forward to Mashiach. But what is Mashiach? When is Mashiach supposed to come? What is Mashiach supposed to do? It was not a subject that was learned. For the very simple reason. One of the reasons is. Because when you talk, for example, about the laws of Shabbos. Hilchah's Shabbos. Shabbos comes around every week. So people have to know what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do on Shabbos. Very, very simple. And therefore, if you ask somebody, are you allowed to turn on a light switch on Shabbos? We'll say, of course not. And he will be able even to explain a little bit the reasons for it. But if it's something which is going to happen, who knows when? You don't study that subject. If you have a choice on any given week of the year to learn the laws of Shabbos or the laws of Rosh Hashanah, of course you're going to learn the laws of Shabbos. Why? Because when Rosh Hashanah will come, we will learn the laws of Rosh Hashanah. And this is why the subject of Mashiach was something that was not learned. Of course everybody was hoping for it because they learned it in the Prophets. Until... Came the Balshemtiv. The Balshemtiv, he decided he's going to take the subject head on. There's a famous story with the Balshemtiv, that the Balshemtiv had what is called Aliyah haneshama. He was able to send his soul up in heaven, and he went and he looked for the court of Mashiach, and he found it, and he asked Mashiach, "E Mosai imar, when are you coming?" And Mashiach answered back. When your wellsprings, which means the wellsprings of the inner part of Taira, of Torah Sachasidus, will be spread throughout the world. So by the time of the Balshemtiv, that is when the concept of Mashiach started forming some practical side to it. And the Balshemtav started talking to his Talmudim, to his students about it. And the Talmudim of the Balshemtav eventually, the Talmidim and their Talmudim, their students, etc., built the group, which is called Hasidus, and of course, two generations after Baal Shem of the al Rebbe built the dynasty of Hasidus Chabad, and most of Hasidus is to explain the inner part of Taita, the secrets of Teyra, which is something which we are going to witness and learn when Mashiach comes. So basically, the whole Hasidic movement is a preparation to the coming of Mashiach, and this went on for generations and generations. In our generation, the Rebbe took it to the next level on the actual practical level. In the other program that two can kent, they have the history of what happened. So I'm just going to say it very briefly, and all the details you could see over there. The Rebbe, for many years, started their concept of shluchim, shluches, sending out all over the world, because we are going to take the God. And finally reveal Him all over the world. This world is not a jungle. This world is God's home. And we just have to reveal it how that is. When we look at it face value, like the story with the kid, this world doesn't necessarily look like God's home. But the Torah makes it very clear that God created this world. Why? Because He wants to have a dwelling place here in this world. So we just have to reveal how this world is a dwelling place for God. Of course, by doing acts of goodness and kindness, etc., But then the Rebbe took it to the next level and he said that now we have to take the concept of Mashiach and really understand what it is. Take it not only what the Jews did throughout the generations, just plain Torah and Mitzvahs and learn the Gemara as they did for thousands of years, etc. Now we're going to have to take it down to practicality. It all sort of exploded on that famous 20th day of Nisan When the Rebbe said, I did everything I can to get you to want Mashiach, and now I'm giving it over to you to really get it to the next point, because you guys have to bring it out. And of course, there's a lot of discussions about it, and nobody knew what the Rebbe meant exactly. Within two weeks, the Rebbe made it very clear. And the Rebbe said that the correct way how to greet Mashiach is by learning what is Mashiach. We have to learn what is Mashiach. We have to learn what is the future redemption, etc. When the Rebbe said that, people started searching. What does it mean? Where do you learn about Mashiach? There's a lot written in the Gemara, in the Talmud, in the Medrashim, etc. Where do you go? So the Rebbe explained that where you go is basically just like when it comes to any halachas, any laws, you learn the Gemara which is behind it. Of course, that's the analysis. And then you go to Halacha, which is the law. And there are several codifiers, and the chief codifier was the Rambam, Maimonides. So too, the Rambam has special laws regarding Moshiach. At that time, after the Rebbe said that Sicha, there was a booklet that used to come out, which was called Dvar Malchus. Dvar Malchus was a weekly publication that was coming out for about two months or so, which had a discourse from the Rebbe, de Ziches, and another two, three things in there. When the Rebbe said, do whatever you can to bring Mashiach, and to want Mashiach, and to merit Mashiach, etc., the people who gave out this booklet, Varmalchus, and again, in the two ta'als, they have a whole program with the whole background of it, they decided to take like this. In the back, they have Derambam, Mamanides, as I will explain in a minute, the laws of The Derambam is the most uh, complete Sefer, book that has in it all the Halachas of Teirah. All the laws of Teirah are in Derambam. Derambam's Sefer is divided into 14 sections. Yud Yad, It's called Yad HaChazaka, 14. These 14 sections have different halachas subjects for example shabbos is one subject megill and Chaneke is another subject beis amigdash is another subject beis two uh, tumas Tzara's, all kinds of things Subjects. how many subjects are there so the rambam divided the whole toita into 83 subjects so 14 svarim 83 subjects and each subject has chapters for example, Hilchus Shabbos, the laws of Shabbos, has 30 chapters. Uh, Two has 16 chapters. Uh, different, each one has a different number. All the chapters together, from chapter 1 till the last one, is 1,000 chapters. The last section of the Rambam is called Hilchus Melachim, the laws of kings. In other words, the fourteenth is called Shoftim, but the last section, the eighty-third, is called Melachim. The full name of Hilchas Melachim is Hilchas Melachim Umilchamisayim VeHilchas Mashiach. The laws of the kings and their wars and Mashiach. How many chapters are there in Hilchas Melachim? Twelve chapters. In the early prints, it said Hilchas Melachim Umilchamisayim VeHilchas Mashiach, and the last two chapters were called. Hilches Mashiach, the laws of Mashiach. So before chapter 11 and chapter 12, it said Hilches Mashiach. So that means that in the big picture, in the whole Rambam, chapter 999 and chapter 1000, which is chapter 11 and 12 of Hilches Melachim, are the laws of Mashiach. So if somebody wants to understand properly Hilches Mashiach, when you learn the Rambam, and then at the end, you learn the last two chapters, which is which is Hilchus Mashiach. You have a very clear picture of what is going on. So what did they do with this Dvar Malchus? They printed the last two chapters of the Rambam. As you can see here, this is Perek Yud Aleph, chapter 11. This is Perek Yud Beis, chapter 12, of Hilchus Melachim. But this is a newer version, so it doesn't have the words Hilchus Mashiach on top. But you can see chapter 11, chapter 12, which is again, chapter 999 and chapter 1000. And here is the end of the Rambam. This is where the Rambam ends. Here, they also printed an early version of the Rambam, which is not censored. Since the the non-Jewish rulers used to censor the Jewish books, so the Rambam was also censored. There's a whole section which is missing in our Rambam. And here you have that section too. So... They printed the two chapters of the Rambam, chapter 11 and chapter 12. And in the front of it, they printed four Siths of the Rebbe. One, two, three, and four. The first two are on chapter 11. The other two are on chapter 12. What is the difference between chapter 11 and chapter 12? Why does the Rambam discuss Veshiach in two separate chapters? Because chapter 11 discusses the person, the identity. Who is this Mashiach? Is a person? Do we know who he is? Do we know which family he comes from? Or is he some hidden subject somewhere? <coughs> That's chapter 11. And the Rabbim of there also discusses what is the agenda of Mashiach. Which means it's somebody who is going to be very, very easy to identify who he is. Chapter 12 discusses the era of Mashiach what is going to happen around the time of Mashiach. And the Rambam is very, very clear and explicit when it comes to these issues. So this is what they printed in the Dvar Malchus. So this is sort of beca- is becoming the ABC of the laws of Mashiach. When the Rebbe received this, that was, I believe, on the 15th day of, um, of uh, um, Yerch, this was about two weeks after the Rebbe said do whatever you can and then the Rebbe said learn this subject the Rebbe received this from Israel and this was also printed with a dedication to the Rebbe's brother whose yardside falls out in those days when the Rebbe received it he was right before the Rebbe went down to Daven Mincha, Mincha we together with the people in the shul and the Rebbe told one of the secretaries that he would like this to be printed this booklet exactly how it is By tonight, and the Rebbe mentioned, I don't know how many thousands that he wants, because he wants to distribute it to men, women, and children. Now, many of you may have seen uh, videos of how the Rebbe distributes things, tanyas, or other booklets, kutresim, maimorim. The Rebbe never announced beforehand that he's going to distribute it. For example, when the Rebbe turned 80 years old, at the end of that fabrengan on Yudalaf Nisan, the Rebbe gave out tanyas to everybody the Rebbe did not announce before the Fabrengen that he's going to give out tanya's. At the end of the Fabrengen, the Rebbe said that he would like to give to everyone a tanya, But beforehand, no one knew. Only the people who took care of Erabi took care of the printing. The only time that I remember at least, that the Rebbe announced before that he's going to distribute something was this Dvar Malchus. And the Rebbe said the following, that the Mirza Shem tonight, after Mairet, he's going to distribute a I think the Rebbe mentioned then, a Maime from Rabbi Seinu, something along those lines. So when people heard this, Mincha was at 3.30 in the afternoon. Mairev, after Pesach, is at 9.30 at night, in the summer months. So people had six hours to be able to come to New York, and people came from all over the place. The Rebbe said that after Mairev, he's going to distribute something. Everybody came from all over the place, from Montreal, from Chicago, from, from everywhere. So you could imagine how many people were there that night. The Rebbe came to Daven Maireth, the place was packed, packed. And the Rebbe, after Maireth, stood there and gave out, I'm not exactly sure the numbers, but it was in the heavy thousands that the Rebbe gave out to each one, men, women, and children. So this became the ABC of Hilchis Mashiach. If anybody wants to discuss Mashiach, don't look in the newspapers. Don't look in the articles. You have to go back to the sources to learn what it is. Yes, the Alter did say that when Moshiach will come, it will say in the gazette, in the magazines, in the gazettes. But over there we only get the headline. Mashiach is here. That's about it. To know what is Mashiach, when is he coming, how is he coming, what is going to happen when he's going to come. For that we have to go to the sources. And the first source is the Rambam. Now someone may say, why aren't we learning the Gemaris, there's so many Gemaris on the Rambam, that's very simple. The Gemara is the analysis. If you want to know the law, you have to go back to the Halacha. And normally the Halacha is found in the Shulchan Aruch, in the Code of Jewish Law. But Code of Jewish Law does not have the Halachas of Mashiach. Code of Jewish Law does not have the Halachas of the Hamikdash. Code of Jewish Law does not have many halakhas that have to do with the sacrifices, with t- Tzaras, etc., because the Code of Jewish Law is only for the practical things which are in the daily life of a Jew. If you, someone wants to have the halachas of everything in Taira, that you have to go to the Rambam. So therefore, what we're going to do today, as I mentioned before, there are four sichas here on the Rambam. What we're going to do is the basic point of the first sikhah in this Dvar Malchus. This is found in Lekut TeSiches, Chelikut Ches, in Parshas Balak. Now, in this uh, Shir right now, we will try to go first. We're going to read through the first, the chapter 11, and just to understand the simple words of the Rambam, all the things that he's going to tell us. The second part of our Shir is going to be questions. To try to understand, we're going to have several questions on each one of the halachas that the Rambam says. The third part is going to be the answers. So we're going to start with just learning inside the Rambam. And as much time as we will have, that is how much we will do. And perhaps we'll get to the questions. Um, I'm not sure yet we will get to the answers, but we will see. So if you look at your curriculum, you will see that the heading is as follows. Hilchis, uh, the heading on the top of the page is Sefer Shoiftim, as we said before that it's the 14th book, Hilchis Mulachim, Laws of King, Peirik Yud Aleph, chapter 11. And as mentioned before, chapter 11 in the big picture is chapter 999 in the Rambam, and chapter 12, which is the Heir of Mashiach, is chapter 1000. We are going to focus today on chapter 11. And as we always say, here in America, chapter 11 is when concept of bankruptcy. Chapter 11, the Ramam says, Golus goes bankrupt. And now we go and discuss the issue of Mashiach. So let's start. same. Chapter 11 just to give a little brief introduction. In this chapter, the Rambam is going to have four halachas, four laws. The first one, the Rambam is going to give us what is Mashiach's agenda. Where does it say in the Torah about Mashiach? And the Rambam will bring two sources. That's the first halacha. The second halacha, the Rambam is going to give us a third place in the Torah, where it discusses Mashiach. In the third halacha, the Rambam says, and therefore, don't think the Mashiach is going to have to do all kinds of miracles, etc. No, no, no. We already discussed what Mashiach has to do. And in the fourth halacha, the Rambam is going to say, okay, so who is Mashiach? Who his family is? What does he have to know? What is his resume? What is his agenda? What is he going to accomplish? etc. These are the four halachas in the Rambam Perek Yudalef in chapter 11. So, let's start. Go to number one. The beginning. The first halacha. The Rambam says as follows. And of course, we will have uh, time for questions and answers. And of course, uh, you could send them in if you'd like. The Rambam starts off like this. HaMelech in halacha alef. HaMelech HaMoshiach Osid Lamoit. The Melech Mashiach, the King Mashiach, he's going to get up. He's going to bring back, restore, renew the kingdom of David Melech to its original state. The initial sovereignty. So number one, what is he going to do? Restore, renew the kingdom of David Melech of King David. The second thing that he's going to do, says the Rambam, He's going to build the Beis HaMikdash. The third thing that he's going to do, He's going to ingather all the exiled. In other words, if someone wants to know what is Mashiach going to do, says the Rambam, clearly, Mashiach is going to do three things and three things only, nothing else. What are these three things? The first one is going to restore the kingdom of David Amalek. We're going to explain everything as we go along. The second thing that he's going to do is build the base Amigdash. The third thing that he's going to do is he will gather all the exiles, all the Jews back to Israel. Because he's going to do these three things and not others, like, for example, revive the dead or things that you know everybody always looks forward to, Mashiach says that I'm a. Put that on the side. That doesn't belong here. In the laws of Mashiach, we have to have only three things and we have to remember these three things. Continues the Rambam, that subsequently, because Mashiach is going to do these three things, Kingdom of David, Beis Amitosh, and In gather the exiles, continues the Rambam, All the laws are going to be restored the way they used to be before. When you have a king, there is law. When you have no king, it's chaos. Because Mashiach is going to restore the kingdom of David, so of course we're going to have all the laws in place. That's number one. The second thing, Makriv in we will be able to bring our sacrifices that today we don't have that. Because the second thing the Mashiach is going to do, as we said, he's going to build a Hamikdash. So the second thing is going to be Makriv Karbonis. The third thing that Mashiach is that's going to happen is, We're going to do Shemitah and Yovel. Shemitah is the sabbatical year, which is discussed in the Torah in Pasha Behar. And Yovel, which is every 50th year, after you have seven Shemitahs. Seven times seven is 49. Then you have the 50th year, which is called Yovel, the Jubilee. Today, the Shemitah that we do today in Israel, every seventh year, is not 100% the original Shemitah. Because the correct Shemitah is that when after 49 years, you have yovel 50. Then we start counting again the next set of Shemitahs. But from when the time of the destruction of the Hamikdash, we are not counting the Yeovil. So the Shemitah today is not exactly how it was in the time of the Hamikdash, And it's not necessarily with the same force that it was then. When Mashiach will come and we're going to have all the Jews back in Israel, then we will do Shemitah and yovel exactly how it says it in the Torah. This is the first statement of the Rambam. So let's just make sure that we, are, we have it clear. The first statement of the Rambam in the Halacha is that Moshiach is going to do three things and three things only. Which ones? Restore the kingdom, build the Hamikdash, and gather the exiles. Because of that, subsequently, we will have all the laws because we have a king. We will be able to bring karbanis because we have the Hamikdash, And we will be able to do Shemitah and Jeuvel and all the other myths. Because we have all the Jews in Israel. This is statement number one. Now let's continue. Now says the Rambam, the second statement, boy." Next to that number two, And whoever doesn't believe in him, Or someone who doesn't await for Moshiach's coming, Says the Rambam, Not only does he deny, in all the prophets, Elo He denies in the Torah and in Moshe Rabbeinu. What the Ramah is saying here in simple languages, I remember once, um, there was one of the young ladies that came to study here in one of the local schools for young ladies called Machon Chana. And she unfortunately was in India by the gurus over there, all kinds of stuff. And Baruch Hashem, she came back and one of the teachers asked her, tell me, what did you find over there that you didn't find in Judaism? And you know what she responded? Over there, they have prophets. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Yeshaya, Jeremiah. they have prophets in those other religions. Jews don't have any prophets. She didn't realize that Yeshaya and Jeremiah are Jewish prophets. All the things that the other nations, the other religions have regarding Mashiach, Where do they get it from? All from our Jewish prophets. So if anybody wants to know something about Mashiach, in the Torah, they don't know where it talks about Mashiach. Nowhere in the Torah does it discuss, seemingly, Mashiach. When you look in Yeshaya, when you look in in all the other ones, where it says that uh, there's going to be someone who's going to come out from David Amelech and, and he's going to be able to do all kinds of things, like for example, the Haftoira that we read on Ahrech and Pesach, the day of Ahaz pesach is considered the day of Mashiach. And that's why we have the Su'ud of Mashiach. Why? Because on that day is when we read the Haftoida of Mashiach. So, um, we read the of Mashiach. And over there in those psukim, it's amazing what it discusses regarding Mashiach. So, the question, the, the, so what the Ramam is trying to say over here, what the Ramam is trying to say over here is, that the um, what it says in all the prophets is not only in the prophets, Mashiach is also in the Torah. Someone may think that if he denies in Mashiach, he's denying in only the prophets. No, no, he's denying also in Torah. Why give a look what it says. what the Ram says, because Torah testifies that Mashiach is going to come. Where does Torah testify, Shanema? This is a posik that we say almost every day in Davening, when we say in the right after the akeda, And this is a Posuk. Everybody knows the posseh in Tanya, in the front page. That the concept of being close to God is something very close to every single person. So right before that, it says, God will return all your captives, and he will have compassion on you. And he will gather you from all the nations. If, let's say, you're going to be dispersed somewhere very far, at the end of the sky, figuratively. The Rebishti will bring you back. God will bring you back here, into, back to Israel. Says the Rambam, that these few words, which are clearly in the Torah, they include they include everything that the prophet said. In the prophets, you're going to have loads of psukim that discuss Mashiach. It says that Rambam, all those psukim are all included in these few verses, these three, four verses in the Torah that says that the Rebishta will bring the Jews back into Israel. So what's the second state that the Dramam is telling us? Whoever doesn't believe or wait for Mashiach, not only does he, and he could be a person who davens every morning and he keeps Shabbos and Kashrus, but he doesn't believe or wait for Mashiach, he denies not only in everything that the Prophet said, but he also denies in the Torah and Moshe Rabbeinu. Why? Because the Torah says clearly that Mashiach is coming. Where? In these few psukim, Veshav Hashem Elekeka es shibuska God will return or your are Okay? So, this is the statement number two of the Rambam. So, let's remember statement number one is the three things that Mashiach is going to do and the three subsequent things that are going to happen. Statement number two whoever doesn't believe or wait for Mashiach, he denies in the Torah and in Moshe Rabbeinu because the Torah says clearly that the Rebishter is going to bring, the God is going to bring back all the Jews to Israel. Now, the Rambam continues still in the same halacha and is going to make a third statement. The third statement is that we have a second place in the Torah where it discusses Mashiach. Where is that? There's a parsha called Parshas Balak. As a matter of fact, this Sikha that we are going to be learning now is in the Kutta Sikhas Parshas Balak, because in Parshas Balak is the famous guy. His name was Bilam. Bilam was that famous uh, prophet of the non-Jewish people, and he prophesied about Mashiach. Says the Rambam, also in the Parsha of Bilam, it discusses Mashiach. However, and he comes, the Rambam is going to throw a bomb that he is going to prophesy about two Moshiachs. Moshiach Arishan, the first Mashiach. Who's the first Mashiach? <laughs> Who's the first Mashiach? Most people jump and say, "Why should I He was the first one that uh, saved the Jews, gave the Torah. Says the Rambam, no. Be-Moshiach <laughs> Shehu David. David the was considered the first Mashiach. Why? We will discuss that later. But he was the first Mashiach. sistrol <laughs> He saved the Jews from their oppressors. <laughs> the last Mashiach. He He's going to come out from his children. In other words, Mashiach is going to be a great-grandchild of David Amelech. He is going to save the Jews from Esav. Esav is the last Gollus, which refers to the kingdom of Rome, Italy. That's the last Gollus. So Mashiach is going to take the Jews out from that last gullus. And now the Rambam is going to go into details regarding what did Bilam say. The Rambam is going to bring us four psukim of Bila, and each one of these psukim has a first half and a second half. It says the Rambam that these four psukim are re- regarding four subjects connected to Mashiach, but the first half is regarding David HaMelech, the second half is regarding Mashiach. How does it work? Let's look inside. By number four, Veshom hu and over there he says as follows: the first half of the first pasuk says like this. Er'enu I see him, but not right now. Bilam says, I see him, but not right now. Zed David. That goes on David Amalach. He was only a few hundred years after Bilam. Ashurenu Veli I see him, but it's not so close. In other words, it's something much, much further. Zeh Moshiach. That goes on Mashiach. The first half of the Pasik refers to David Amalach, the first Mashiach. The second half of the Pasik refers to Mashiach himself. Next Posik, second Pasik. A star will rise from Yaakov. A star. Zedavid. That goes on David Amelach. They come shaved me Israel. But a ruler, a staff, will rise from the Jews. Zedavid Amelach. That goes on Mashiach. Third Passock. He will crush all the princes of Moyav. Zedavid. That goes on David Amelach. The Genoemer, like it says in the other Passock. That he crushed Moya. The second half of the third Pasuk, the Karkar called Shais, that he will decimate all the descendants of Shais, That goes on Mashiach. because it says about Moshiach, Yom, that he's going to rule from one sea to the other. Fourth Pasuk, the Bilaam said, Adam and Adam is going to be. Demolished. When is that? Zed David. That's David Amelech who does that. As it says in another Posek in Shmuel, that Edom was servant to David. And that Esau, Edom, the last Golish, is going to be uh, destroyed. That will be through Mashiach. As it says in the Posek in Evadia that the uh, saviors, which it goes on Mashiach, is go, are going to go on the uh, mountain of Esau, and then God will be the king of the world. So what did the Rambam do over here? He's telling us that there is another place in the Torah, besides for the Pesach, that it says clearly about Mashiach. Where? In the story of Bilam? Bilaam has four psukim. The first half is about the first Mashiach, And the second half is about the last Mashiach, which is the one that's going to take Yidin out of Golus in our generation. This is Halacha Aleph, the first Halacha. We're not going to ask any questions yet. Let's first continue learning the whole Patek so we have the text clear. And then we'll be able to go through the questions. And then we'll be able to go through the answers. And then hopefully we will see that we have a total different, new, interesting Mashiach. Fascinating subject. So let's summarize the first halacha. In the first halacha, the Rambam has three statements. Statement number one, what are the three things that Mashiach is going to do, which I'm sure you remember. And subsequently, we're going to have the other three, which is basically, kingdom, Besamikdash, and all the Jews in Israel. So we have all the laws. We have karbonis, and we have all the mitzvish, Shemitah and Yeuvel. Second statement, whoever doesn't believe or from for Mashiach, denies not only in the Prophets, but also in Moshe Rabbeinu and the Torah, because Moshe Rabbeinu says clearly, Beshav HaShem HaLekach Third statement, that there's another place in the Torah where it discusses Bashiach. And where is that? By the story of Bilam. However, Bilam has two Mashiachs. David HaMelech was the first Mashiach and the last Mashiach was going to take the Jews out of Golos. This is in brief Halacha Aleph. Now let's go to Halacha base, the second Halacha. Second says the Rambam as follows. I told you, says the Rambam, two places in the Torah where it discusses Mashiach. One of them is in the and the other one is by Pasha's Bilam. says that Rambam, I have a third place where it discusses Mashiach. Where is that third place? Let's go and look inside the halacha says the Rambam. There's a subject in Torah which is called the cities of refuge. What is a city of refuge? If Chasveh someone killed someone else by mistake, right? So there was a mitzvah of someone to take revenge for him, says the Torah, that the murderer who murdered by mistake has a chance. He could run to a city which is called the city of refuge, Ore Miklot, and over there he is safe. And he stays there until the Kohen God passes away, etc. How many Ore Miklots were there? So the Rebushtah, God told Moshe Rabbeinu, while he was still on the other side of the Arden. Because Moshe Rabbeinu did not make it into Eretz Yisrael. He stayed on the other side. So Moshe Rabbeinu set aside three Arimikla. Where he was on the other side of the Arden. And three he set aside in Israel. So when the Jews will go into Israel. They will have another three Arimikla. This is in Parshas Matos Masi. Later in the Torah. You have later in Dvarim. It discusses another set of miklat, which is another three. Whereas the other three? Says the Torah. Look at the Rambam. Av pe Oremiklat wa Even in miklat, it says, Ki Yarchiv When the Rebishter will broaden Eretz Yisroel. What does it mean he'll broaden Eretz Yisroel? Hashem, the Rebishter, promised Avrom Avinu that he's going to give to his grandchildren Eretz Yisroel. And the rabbi told him it's a land of ten nations that's what the Hashem told me clearly when the jews went into Eretz Yisrael after Moshe Rabbeinu passed away with Yeshua they got a land of seven nations there are three nations that the jews never received yet from Hashem from from Hashem when is that going to happen says the ei <laughs> When the Rebbe will broaden Eretz Yisrael, in other words, we'll get the other three nations. What are the other three nations called? Keini, Knizi, Vekadmoini. Where are they? They're on the other side. Where today? Yeah, it's a whole big, in, it's a whole long story. Where exactly is Keini, Knizi, Vekadmoini? If it means Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, etc., we're not going to go into the details now. But it's definitely on the other side. So says the Rebbe you are going to add another three cities to the three that you have in Israel. In other words, there's going to be a total of nine cities of refuge until Mashiach comes. There are six. Three on the other side of the Arden and three in Eretz Yisrael. When Mashiach is going to come, says the you're going to add another three in Keni, Continues the Rambam. And this never happened yet. On the other hand, God doesn't just say things for just like that. And if God said that this is going to happen, it's going to happen. So this is another proof to the concept of Mashiach that Mashiach is going to come. <laughs> Why do we need cities of refuge when Mashiach comes? <laughs> the million dollar question. For that, we will need a separate shir to discuss what's the story of these cities of refuge. He asking a very good question. When Mashiach is going to come, nobody's going to kill. Who needs the cities of refuge when Mashiach comes? But again, it, it, this is, after we finish the whole painting, we will be able to discuss this. But right now, this is for sure a fact that the Rambam makes it very clear that where is the third place in the Torah that it discusses Mashiach in the story of the cities of refuge. Now comes the, and I'm sorry, the Rambam finishes the Halacha base. But in the prophets, we don't need any proofs. Because all the prophets are full of the subject of Mashiach. the Taita, it's not so clear, so therefore the Ramam had to explain where they are. In the first Aloha, he tells us the two places, and Pashas Bilam. And in the second Aloha, he tells us that the third place is where? By Orem Miklot. Okay? Now let's continue to Aloha Gimel. The third alochem, says the Rambam, it shouldn't even enter your mind. That Melech Mashiach has to do some miracles or wonders and do some novelties in the world. Or revive the dead. Like this type of stuff. says It's not so. No. Mashiach doesn't have to do any miracles. How do we know that Mashiach doesn't have to do anything supernatural or miracles? Everybody always thinks the Mashiach is going to do, who knows what, revive the dead and do all kinds of things. Relax, says the Rambam. No, ain't a dover It's not so. Why? Now the Rambam is going to tell us a story. There was a big sage in the Gemara, the Tane, Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva was in the time of the famous general who has two names, Berkuziva, Bar Kokhba, famous general, and he had a whole war. It was a whole story. We're not going to go now through the whole story of Bar Kochva, and Rabbi Akiva, Chacham, Godol, Mishnah. Rabbi Akiva was one of the greatest sages of the Mishnah. And he was the shamash. He was the one who used to. He was a supporter of Ben Kuziva, of Bar Kochva. Rabbi Akiva said about Bar Kochva, about Ben Gruziva, there is Mashiach. Rabbi Kiva and the sages of his generation they all thought that he's Mashiach. until he got killed because of sins the sins of the generation. Oh, Kiva once he got killed they found out that he is not the Mashiach. Right? Oh. So therefore what do we see here? That did Rabbi Kiva ask him to do any miracles? No. He didn't test him at all. He had his other reasons why he decided that Bar is Mashiach. So what do we see from that story? That Mashiach is not supposed to be somebody who we have to test if he does miracles, if he does supernatural. No, not at all. Why? Because Rabbi Kiva didn't do that to Bar so therefore, says the Rambam, don't even think that Mashiach is going to have to do anything supernatural or some miracles or some wonders. No, 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 no. Got the whole story wrong. What do you have to know? Continues the Rambam. The main thing to remember is as follows. says, that this Tera, That tater and does not change. It doesn't have any changes at any time. You don't add anything to Taylor and you don't subtract anything to Taylor. This is what we need to remember that Taylor is something which is eternal. This is what the Rambam is saying. Okay, next to number 13, 14. In other words, let's summarize again of Gimel, the third halacha. The Rambam is saying very clearly after I told you the agenda of Mashiach and I told you where he is written in the Torah. I want you to remember, don't even enter your mind that Mashiach is going to do some supernatural stuff. No, none of that. What we? Why? Because Rabbi Akiva did not ask Berkuziva to do that. What do we have to know? That Torah is eternal. And Torah doesn't change. Nothing. Eventually we will explain what is the flow here. It's true, they're both two very correct statements. But what is the connection of one to the other? But this is halacha gibba. After the Rambam told us Halacha Aleph, Halacha Beis, Halacha Gimel. Now the Ramam is coming to the conclusion. And therefore, now let's go to the final point. Halacha Dalet. Therefore says the Ramam. So therefore, you want to know who Moshiach is? I'll tell you. Mi When a king will arise from the house of David and Melech. He studies a lot of Tadah. And he does all the mitzvahs, just like David, his father, his grandfather the written Torah, the oral Torah. He will compel all Yidden to uh, go in the ways of Torah and and to fix the breaches. You know, sometimes someone does Torah, but there are certain things that need to be fixed. And He'll fight the wars of Hashem. We We have a sort of like an assurance that this person can be considered Mashiach when he does these three things. In other words, he's from the house of David HaMelech and he learns a lot of Torah. And second thing, he compels all the yidn to follow Torah and to also fix, not only to follow, but also to, even if they do follow, they should fix everything. And the third thing, he's going to fight the wars of Hashem. So we have an assurance, this person is Mashiach. Now continues the Rambam. If he did all of this and he was Matzliach, he was successful. And he built the base and he gathered the exiles. If you remember the first aloha we said that that's what the Shia is going to do then this is the Shiach for sure. and what is he going to do after he was successful? We attack in hisil on across number seventeen and he's going to fix the whole world, la the Sashem that they should follow. He will improve the world that they should all follow Hashem's ways. Shenemar, as it says in the pasuk in Tzfania, ki oz amim At that time, when Mashiach is going to come, I will transform that the people of the world, what are they going to do? That they're going to have Safa brura, a very clear language. Hashem. They should all call out Hashem's name. And they are going to follow Hashem. Because they're all going to have one purpose. To follow Hashem. So what is that I'm going to say in, Aloha Dalet, in the fourth halacha? That therefore, if there's going to be a person who is going to be from the house of David and he learns Torah like David and he follows Mitzvahs like David and he is going to compel the yidn to do so and he is going to fight the wars of Hashem. If he did this, Good. He is, we have an assurance that He is. Then, if you also built the Besamikdash and gathered the exile, the fourth thing, uh, then we know that this is Mashiach for sure, and then the whole world will become a house for Hashem in a very visible way. This is basically what the Rambam says in Peirik Yud Aleph. I know we talk a little while, but we really need to know the whole text clearly before we could even go and try to attempt understand what the Ramam is saying. So, in two minutes, a brief review. Halacha Aleph, the Ramam has three statements. Statement number one, that Moshiach is going to do three things. Kingdom of David, Beis Mikdash, and gather the exiles. Subsequently, we're going to have all the Halachas, we're going to be able to bring sacrifices, and we'll be able to do all the mitzvahs, like and Jebel, because we have everybody in Israel. Statement number one. Statement number two, Whoever doesn't believe or wait for Mashiach, not only does he deny the prophets, because over there it's clearly about Mashiach, but he denies also in Torah and in Moshe Rabbeinu. Why? Because Moshe Rabbeinu says clearly that there's going to be a time when Mashiach comes. Where is that? The pasuk Muskah. Statement number three in Allah Alif that there's a second place in the Torah besides for where God talks about Mashiach, and that is by the story of Bilam. However, Bilam talks about two Mashiachs, the first one and the last one and he brings four Psukim. That's Halacha number one. Halacha number two is where the Rambam says that there is a third place in the Torah where we discuss Mashiach and that is in the story of Arei Mikla, the cities of refuge. So, we have two three places in the Torah. That's Halacha two. Halacha three says the Rambam and therefore, where, uh, don't even think that Mashiach is going to have to do miracles or supernatural stuff because just like Rabbi Kiva did not ask Baal to do any of that and he still believed that he was Mashiach so from there we see Mashiach doesn't have to do any miracles what do we have to know? The Torah is eternal statement number 4 Halacha 4 and therefore when there's going to be a grandson of David who does the Torah like David Melech, compel all the Yidden to do that fight the wars of Hashem we have an assurance that he's Mashiach if he also adds the Besamikdash and the gathering of the exiles then we have for sure that this is it. This is in brief, the pain. In very short, we are going now to ask the questions that we have on this chapter and in the next year, we're going to go through the answers. The questions that we have over here, it'll take us at least, uh, I'm not sure how long, I'm going to try to do it as brief as possible. Let's go to the first haloch. The Rambam says that what Mashiach is going to do is three things restore the kingdom of David Melech. he's going to build a base Hamikdash and gather the exiles. What's wrong to say that Mashiach is also going to revive the dead, do all kinds of other things? It seems like the Rambam is fixed. These are the three things, and that's it. Why? What is special about these three as opposed to anything else? Then from that, the Rambam says, and therefore, Whoever doesn't believe or wait for Mashiach denies in the Torah and in Moshe Wait a minute. First of all, where do we find anywhere in Torah that you have to wait for something? Do I have to wait for Shabbos? No. When Shabbos comes, I have to be ready for Shabbos, yeah? But it doesn't say anywhere that on Sunday I have to wait for Shabbos. Yes, there were those who used to buy all week, they used to look forward to Shabbos and buy the nicest things. But it doesn't say it anywhere as a haloka that that's what you have to do. Yes, when it comes Thursday, Friday, you have to prepare for Shabbos. But here it says that if you don't believe in him, in this person, and you don't wait for him, you're denying the whole Torah. What is this waiting business for? And not only that, this statement that you have to believe or wait for Mashiach, and if you don't, you're denying the whole Torah, the Ramam should have put it either in the beginning of his book or in the beginning of Hilchus, Malachim, of Hilchus Mashiach. He should have started, I'm going to learn with you now, Hilchus Mashiach. The first thing that you have to know is that if you don't learn these laws and you don't know what you're talking about, you're denying in the whole Torah. Or at the end of Yulchus Mashiach, he should have said, "You should know that these, these laws are very important because someone who doesn't believe a wait for Mashiach is denying in the whole Torah. That's not what the Rambam does. The Rambam first says that there are three things that Mashiach is going to do. Once you know what these three things are, oh, now says the Rambam, you know what? I'm telling you that if you don't believe a wait for Mashiach, you're denying in the whole Torah. Where's the flow here? And the Rambam says, because it says in the Torah, Veshav Hashem Alekech HaShvuzch. Then comes the Rambam and brings the Psuki from Bilam. But Bilam has two Mashiachs. Who is the first Mashiach? David Amelech. Why is David Amelech called the first Mashiach? What did David Amelech do to deserve the title Mashiach? If you tell me that Moshe Rabbeinu is the first Mashiach, yeah, it says about Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe who goyal Rishon, who goyal Achra, whatever that refers to. But he was for sure the first Savior. And he's going to be the last Savior. So I could see a little bit why Moshe Rabbein. But David HaMelech. What did David HaMelech do? To deserve that title. Then the Rambam brings four verses. We know that the Rambam is very, very, very careful with every letter that he wrote in this book. Everything is precise. The Rambam says a lot of this stuff also in his letters, in his Igres. In the letter, that Rambam says that Billam talks about Mashiach and look, look over there in the Chumash, you'll see all the Pesukim. Here, the Rambam does something that he hardly does. The Rambam, if he brings the pasuk for something, that means he wants to tell you something very, very deep here. Here, the Rambam goes through every single pasuk that Bilam, all four Psukim, at the beginning and the end and the first half and the second half. Why? There must be something behind all of this. That's Allah Aleph. In of base, we need to understand the Rambam says, in the first Allah I told you two places in the Torah where it says about Mashiach. First one is the and the second one is Bilam. In halacha Beis comes the Rambam and says, you know what? I have a third place. Which one? Orem Miklot. Wait a minute. The Rambam, the way he divided the halachas is also very precise. If Orem Miklot is a third proof to the concept of Mashiach, why didn't he put it in Alokha Aleph? In Alokha Aleph, he should have said there are three places. One is al Shemelekahesh Muska. Another one is Bila. And the third one is Arimiklat. Says the Rambam, no, 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 no. You got the whole story wrong. <laughs> HaShem Shemelekahesh Muska. And the story of Bilam. That's one story. Arimiklat. Arimiklat is a total different story. Allah base. Why? Why is Arimiklat any different than the first two proofs? In Alokha Gimel says the Rambam, and therefore, once I told you all of these details regarding Mashiach, where it says it in the Torah, all the three places, and if somebody doesn't look forward to Mashiach, denies in the whole Torah, then comes the Rambam and says it in the Lechogimel, and therefore, it shouldn't even enter your mind that Mashiach is going to do miracles or supernatural. Why? Because Rabbi Kiva didn't ask. Why? What is the flow here that because it says in the Torah, so therefore Mashiach doesn't have to do miracles. Why not? And not only that, the Ramam says, don't look forward to Tchiyas HaMesih. Mashiach is not going to do the revival of the dead. Every normal Jew knows Mashiach is going to come. We're going to have Tchiyas HaMesih. What the Ramam saying over here? Don't even think that Mashiach is going to do that. What do you mean is no thing? That is what's going to happen. And then the Ramam says, what do you have to know? You don't have to look forward to miracles. What do you have to know? That the Torah is eternal. What's the connection of asking Mashiach for a miracle to the fact that Torah is eternal and mitzvahs don't change? Yeah, it's true that Torah is eternal. But what does that have to do with Mashiach? What does that have to do with the concept that if, you, that if you think that Mashiach is going to do something supernatural, you got the whole story wrong? Where's the connection? here? And then the conclusion of the Patek is that Mashiach is going to have to do four things. One, he's going to have to be the grandson of David Melech and Lord al Torah. He's going to have to compel all Yidim to the mitzvahs. He's going to fight the wars of Hashem. He's going to prepare the whole world. Where does the Ramon take all of this from? This, there must be some sources for all of this. And these are just a few of the questions that we have in this chapter. And uh, obviously, we went a little over time. So we're going to take a little pause here. And but as of Hashem, we're going to have a second cheer Where in the second one, we are going to go through the whole structure of this chapter. And then we will be able to understand the whole flow of how everything here makes sense. Okay? So, again, before you go to the next year, please review this pedic, That it should be very clear in your mind. Do it once or two times or three times. Because once the whole pedic is very clear in our mind... Then we will be able to understand much better what the Rambam is out to tell us over here. And we are going to find out a total different Rambam, I'm sorry, a total different Moshiach than what people have been always looking forward to. We're going to see what it is that the Titus says, what the Rambam says, and of course, later, what the Balshem as we would started in the beginning, and of course, all of our Rabbin and the Rebbe, when they were saying that Mashiach is coming, who he is, what his agenda is, and why was this the uh, the pinnacle of the world is Moshiach. As it says in the Pasuk, when God created the world, it says, In the next Pasuk it says, That the world was chaos, but The spirit of the Ebeshter was flowing over the water. says the. The, the, it says in the um, sages that the ruach whose spirit, the spirit of Mashiach, Mashiach, because when God created the world in the beginning, He had in mind the time of Mashiach. But there has to be a little bit of a time of gollus in between before we could get to Mashiach. Just like on Shabbos, we have to have a week of regular mundane work, and then we prepare for Shabbos so too the 6,000 years of Golus are a preparation to Mashiach. So, let's prepare properly, and that is by understanding the subject, learning the subject. So again, please review the Rambam again, and perhaps review the questions that we had, and Be'ezer HaShem, in the next year, part number two, we are going to go through and explain the structure of the whole chapter. Hopefully Mashiach will be here before that.